Philippians chapter 1. By the way, anyone recognize this notebook? Nobody. Is it yours? Wonderful. I'll bring it. I'll get it to you. Here, Colton, you want to get this? And uh, tell her $19.95 plus shipping and handling. <laughs> and then we got to talk storage fees and handling and processing. <laughs> All of them, we're going to charge you more for, that's, uh, what do you call that when you steal people's notes? <laughs> Amen. I'm glad I found a home for it. By the way, speaking of lost things, uh, we are looking for a lost ring. Uh, so if perchance, did we find it? Okay. If perchance you find a ring, uh, especially if it's worth a lot of money, bring it to me. And but no, we are missing a ring. So if you happen across a ring, uh, that will be wonderful. Philippians chapter 1 and uh, verse number 6, the seed being going to answer the question tonight. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to make sure you get a pen out. And I'm glad you got your notebook back because I'm going to give you some notes tonight. Get a pen out and I want to give you some references. Uh, I'm going to give you several, several, several points tonight. Uh, I'm going to rush through them because I want to give you a lot of material. Uh, probably a little different message than normal uh, but I want to give you a lot of truth, a lot of points, a lot of things that I want you probably to write down. Uh, we're going to talk tonight, can a Christian lose their salvation? Can a Christian lose their salvation? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And let's pray together. Lord, I believe we look at a very important topic for every believer to understand in the truth of the Word of God. Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight. God, would you help me to teach you right your truth this evening. Lord, I pray that the Scripture, your Word, would be used powerfully. Lord, help us to have a better understanding, a, a more sure foundation, a rock-solid understanding of your Word. Lord, may we see tonight salvation is all of grace and none of works. May we see that there's nothing that we can do to affect all we can do is receive. Lord, would you help me to teach and preach and write your word? Lord, would you work in the hearts of believers here tonight, Lord, that we would have a sure foundation? Lord, I pray if there's one here tonight that knows not if they have received salvation. One here tonight that does not know for sure that they've called upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, would be the night that they would do just that. Lord, help me. In your precious name we pray. Amen. When I was a young boy, I bounced around across the country because my dad worked construction. And we moved a lot. In kindergarten and grade one, that's two years of school, I changed schools. Now, a couple times was back and forth. At different, there wasn't 12 different schools, but I changed schools 12 times. That's a lot of moving. I think it affected me mentally, Brother Ahmad. Uh, it uh, stunted my mental growth. But while we were traveling, while my dad was working construction, the Lord, and I have no doubt it was the Lord, the Lord worked it out that a job would open up in Ruskin, Florida. Miss Lois, you weren't too far away from the other day. You drove through Tampa probably. And my family moved down to Ruskin, Florida. And while we were working there in Ruskin, Florida, a man 
who was a co-worker of my father's, began to share the gospel or try to share the gospel with my family. He came one night after work to try to share the gospel with my dad and my mom. My dad was not friendly to him. Yesterday, I knocked on a door and a man came out yelling and cussing at me and he cussed me all the way down the street. And uh, he wasn't that unfriendly, Brother Gerald, but he was not friendly to him. He told the man to leave. And if you had seen my dad back in 1980, you would have left. Uh, He left. But he kept coming back. At one point, he came back. My dad always made sure he wasn't home when he found out that Charlie was coming. His name was Charlie Sanford. Is Charlie Sanford. He's still living. One night, he came, and my mom answered the door. I don't remember that night, but... I was there, my sister was there, I was just, I was four, my sister would have been two. And that night, my mom talked to him for just a very short time, closed the door. And she decided that week that she was going to call the pastor that was her pastor when she was growing up. My mother grew up in a Methodist church, uh, very, very similar to the United Church in Canada and the United uh, Methodist Church. And she grew up in that church. She had played the piano in the church, just like Miss Lois played uh, tonight. She grew up walking distance in the country from that church. Sadly, my mom, although she went faithfully to a church every Sunday, knew the songs, had a Bible, read the Bible. My mom never remembers one time hearing the gospel, a clear presentation of the gospel. She was lost. She called the preacher, though, because she knew one thing. She didn't know the gospel. She didn't know that she was saved, but she knew that this man was a Baptist. And she knew growing up in the Methodist church that the Baptists were wrong about losing your salvation. And she knew the Baptists taught that once saved, always saved. That you couldn't lose your salvation, and she knew, growing up in a Methodist church, she knew that wasn't right. Although she didn't have the gospel, she knew that. So she called this older preacher to ask him to give her some Bible verses. So when this man came calling again, she could refute him. A lost person wanting to refute somebody about the gospel. I wish it was a funny story, but it's not. She called him. And she said, called him by name. I won't call him by name. And she said, Pastor, I have this man, this Baptist, coming to our, our house talking to us. And I want you to give me some scriptures so when he talks to us and tries to tell us, uh, you know, you can be saved and know it forever, that I can tell him that he's wrong. And he said, she said, Preacher, would you give me some verses so I can give to him and tell him he's wrong? And he said to her, I can't do that. And she said, why not? And she said, and he said, because I don't believe he's wrong. He said, I believe that he's right. I don't think you can lose your salvation. And she said to him, then why did you preach opposite of that when I was growing up? His words to her, because that's what the church told me I had to preach. A man who preached that salvation was something that could be attained and lost and attained and lost, who he himself knew. The Bible told exactly differently. 
Praise God, about a month or two later, that man came back to our home after coming every week. The night that he came with his pastor, Dr. Beebe, my mom, a lost church member, got saved that night. I'm here tonight to ask that question and answer the question that my mother was so concerned about, even though she wasn't even saved, even though she was lost. The question is, can a Christian, can one who has salvation, can you ever lose that salvation? I'm going to give you a lot of information tonight. I'm going to, I know it's going to be much different than you're used to. If you have a pen, I encourage you to write some things down. But I want to, I'm going to give you, first of all, six things. And, and this is not the first list. And I, I, will, I will hurry tonight, or hasten. That sounds better. I'll, ha- I'll hasten. Uh, I, think that, I think that's a fancy way of saying hurry. There are some things you can lose. Number one, you can lose joy. You can lose joy. David prayed in Psalm 51, verse 5, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Number two, you can lose your health. You can lose your health. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians eleven thirty, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you. Number three, you can lose your testimony. You can lose your testimony. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men. Can I tell you that your light can go out before men? Number four, another thing you can lose, you can lose your reward. If any man's work, 1 Corinthians 3, 14, if any man's work abide, he shall receive reward. And it goes on to say about suffering loss. Number five, you can lose millennial position. We see in the book of Luke chapter 19, verse 11 through 24, is the parable about the, the servants and the, the Lord going away. It's, it's talking about the, the millennial kingdom a bit. And, and we see the wording there in Luke 19 about having authority over ten cities in caring for and doing with what the Lord has given us here. So we can lose that position or authority some. And number six, by the way, number six, the number of man. Very fitting that number six is you can lose your life. You can lose your life. 1 Corinthians 3.17, if any man defile the temple of God or destroy. Can I tell you that I can lose joy, I can lose health, I can lose testimony, I can lose reward, even millennial position, I can lose my life. I can lose the life, not my eternal life, but I'm speaking of my fleshly life down here. Now, I want you to turn with me to Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon chapter 6. And I want you to see a verse with me here. Pages are sticking together. Song of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 3. The Song of Solomon is a unique book. It's a beautiful picture of the love our God has for us. A very real picture of that love played out in the picture of the king's love for this lady. And I won't go into the book of Song of Solomon, a lot of it, but I want you to see this verse. 
It says in verse 3, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. I shared with you six things here that you can lose, but I want you to understand tonight another thought, and we're going we're gonna to bounce a little bit tonight, but, but trust me, we're going we're gonna to pull it back together. Uh, we are his, and he is ours. Christian, if you are saved tonight, you are your beloved's. You belong to him, and he belongs to you. Now, we see that many ways in Scripture, but I'm going to give you five ways very quickly. I am his and he is mine, number one, by election. In John chapter 15, verse 16, I have chosen you. By the way, don't be afraid of that word election. Uh, You don't have to run away from that word election. Using that word doesn't mean you're Calvinist. Uh, I am elected by him. Not only by election, but, but get this, not only by election, but also by donation. By donation. John 17, 9, Jesus said, them which thou hast given me. Whenever Josh and Rebecca got married, of course, I, pro- I pronounced them Joel and Rebecca Rice. Rice, Mitchell, what was it? And, but that day, during the wedding ceremony, I walked or maybe I stumbled I hobbled Rebecca down the aisle. And Brother Dan Crumball, who led the first part of the service, asked the question, who gives this woman to marry this man? And I said, her mother and I do. And I took her arm, and I placed her arm in Josh's arm, signifying that I was giving not as a commodity to be given, but the blessing of giving, that blessing of my daughter to him to marry. Can I tell you that in a very real way, God the Father has given you to his son. It's a beautiful picture. I love the picture of our marriage ceremony, so many pictures of salvation and of our reunion with Christ there. But we are his by election. We are his by donation. We are his by creation. Can I tell you that you didn't just happen? Brother Chummy was telling me. Where's Brother Chummy? Uh, he was telling me that he, he, he thinks he sees. He doesn't believe in evolution. But you said you, you're starting to believe in, is it devolution? And he said he noticed Brother Jerese is walking kind of funny. <laughs> And he said he's walking more and more like a monkey. So maybe Brother, Brother Jerese is devolving. We're not sure yet. But you weren't involved. You were created by God and you were created on purpose. We were created. Colossians 1.16, by him was all things created. I am his. Why? Because he created me to be his. He created you to be his. I am his by redemption. I belong to him because he redeemed me. How many have ever been to Costco? What's wrong with the rest of you? Let me give you a, this, this is, this is, I'm going to step away from the pulpit. This is not preaching. This is just a life hack for you. Uh, I can help you save some money. How many of you ever, raise your hand, help me with this, at least once, at least once a year you go out to a fast food? That's everybody. 
what you do, you get yourself a Costco membership. So, Pastor, I don't want, that's okay. All you do is you go in and you buy yourself a hot dog and a pop for $1.50. I'll save you enough money for five Costco memberships in a year. I'll get back to preaching now. But anyway, if you go to Costco, <laughs> you go to Costco and you buy your stuff. Those of you who have been to Costco, you know they give you a receipt. Now, you don't just leave the till and get out of the store. Before you get out of the store, you have to stop. And they say, can I see your receipt, please? And you give them the receipt. They look at it. They mark it. Here you go, sir. You can take it. Now, that means I could buy, get a whole cart of whatever. I could pay for it, park it. I could leave the store with my receipt. I could come back with the receipt. If they took my cart, put all the stuff back, I could take that receipt, fill the cart up with all that same stuff, walk and say, hey, this is mine. They'd let me out of the store with it. Why? Because I have proof that I redeemed, that I paid for those items. Christian, you are your, you belong to him and he belongs to you. Why? Because he paid for you. He redeemed you. And I am his by presentation. And this goes along a little bit with this matter of donation, but the Bible says in Romans 12, 1, present your bodies, a living sacrifice. My life has been presented to Christ. I am his. He is mine. There are some things we can lose. We see that we belong to him, and, and he belongs to us. Now, let me shift gears again a little bit and just a couple more places I want to take you before we wind back up together and tie things together. Number three tonight of the third statement, God promised eternal life and then produced it. How many of you are familiar with the term alchemy? Years ago, they, figured, they decided that they could find a way to take useless metals. And they were going to magically somehow, and they didn't think of it as magic at the time. They thought it was science. Uh, I think some of our science today is beyond magic. But anyway, I digress. But they were going to find a way to turn useless metals into valuable metals. Did you know that it never worked, Brother Eric? I wish it worked. It didn't work. They, they promised it. They talked about it. There's books about it. There's people that they spent their life working on it. But nobody ever produced it. God promised eternal life. And can I tell you, God not only promised it, God produced it. John 3 verse 14 says, Should not perish, but have eternal life. Life. We see that in verses 3, 13 through 14 in John chapter 3. Titus chapter 1 verse 2, eternal life that God which cannot lie promised. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, verse 25, excuse me. He that he hath promised eternal life. I hope you see a pattern here, a promise of eternal life. 1 John 5, 10 and 11, this is the record that God hath given us. Not that God's going to give. Not that God's waiting to say, okay, one day I'm going to give it to you. No, he has given, already given eternal 
life. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I give unto them eternal life. Romans 6, 23, most of you know, I'm sure, for the wages of sin is death. But I love the second part of that verse. But the gift of God. But the gift of God is eternal life. So God promised and God provided eternal, everlasting, never-ending life. Now, that means, and get this statement, that you as a believer in Jesus Christ, that I as a believer in Jesus Christ, I have exactly what God promised. The other day, Brother Darren ordered a knife off of Amazon. And when he got his knife, he opened it up. He told me the story. It wasn't what he ordered. He looked at that. He looked at the picture. He looked at that, looked at Amazon and went, these are not the same thing. <laughs> they're, they're different. Now, he liked what he got, so he kept it, uh, the beauty of Amazon. Uh, he could have sent it back, but he kept it. But he didn't get what he ordered. How many of you have ever ordered something and felt like you didn't get what you ordered? Many times, right? I mean, speaking of fast food, you go in, you see that giant picture, Brother Juries, that big hamburger to give you gout right there on top of the menu. Man, it's like this tall. Man, it's got this much meat and this much vegetables and and, and then you get the hamburger, and it's like the old uh, Wendy's commercial, Miss Lois. Remember that old lady? Where's the beef? Uh, and you can't see it. And you don't get delivered what you ordered. But can I tell you that you and I have exactly what God promised? John 5.24 said, shall not, shall not come into condemnation. Shall not. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no, there is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ. It doesn't say a select condemnation or condemnation if this or if, if X equals what. No, there's no condemnation. John chapter 3, verse 36, he that hath the Son hath everlasting Several years ago, I bought some socks from Cabela's. The name of the brand is Darn Tough. It's amazing branding. It's genius advertising. Uh, most of you don't know, but darning means to, to mend a hole in a sock. Uh, they're called Darn Tough. It's beautiful. Great, great, great advertising. The reason I bought them is on the packaging, they have a lifetime for the Gerald guarantee. If you ever, 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 at any time in the history of man, ever get a hole in them, they give you a free pair. I have had those socks, several pair of those socks for a long time. I just noticed the other day out hunting. I finally have a hole in my darn tough socks. I'm not sure if I'm going to return it for a new pair or put it up on the wall as a memento that I finally wore a hole in those socks you can't wear a hole in. But I, there's a lifetime guarantee. Now, here's what's probably going to happen. At some point, I'm going to remember to take the sock. I'm going to go into Cabela's, 
and I'm going to go to customer service, and I'm going to go, there's a hole in my sock. And the customer service rep is going to go, what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, well, this is just a darn tough sock. I mean, I bought this here. Lifetime warranty. I mean, it says no matter how, what happens, you guys will give me a new one. I have a feeling I already know what's going to happen. I bought that before Bass Pro Shops took over Cabela's. My guess is they don't carry them anymore. My guess is they're going to say, I'm sorry, sir. We can't help you with that. I'm almost sure of it. But it says forever. I'm sorry, sir. We can't help you with that. Can I tell you that God's forever means forever? There's no little fine print. There's no little clause. Forever. And then you look really small unless you commit this sin that I think is bad. Unless you have this feeling. Unless you do this. Rather, it's forever. Everlasting. 45 times. That's a bunch. I'm 47 years old. Almost once for every year of my life, 45 times, we see the word eternal, the two words together, eternal life. Not just once or twice, but 45 times, eternal life in the Bible. Now, I want to I finish with some testimonies here from the Word of God. And then I want to share one more truth with you as we close. But here's what I want to do. We've seen some things about eternal life. And the question, can a Christian lose their salvation? I, I would like to open the Bible tonight. I want you to go here with me. Look at 1 John chapter 5. I want us to interview, by way of the Scripture, some men tonight and ask them the question, what they believed about eternal security. I believe we can get a broad view here from the Word of God. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, we see John. What did John believe? So, Pastor, how do you know what John believed? Because God gave these words to John to pen. 1 John 5, 13. Notice the words there, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Hey, John, do you think salvation that I can know, or do you think maybe I can lose it? John says, these things have I written unto you that you may know. Not that you may hope, not that you may guess, not that you may wonder, but that you can know. No doubt about it. No question about it. I can know. John knew. John knew. John knew. John who walked with the Lord. John who talked with the Lord. John who loved the Lord said, I know that I have eternal life. Look, if you will, over to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. Here we have words that God gave Paul to pen to Timothy. Timothy, who was pastoring the great work at Ephesus, a young man, a spiritual son of Paul. Chapter 2 and verse 12 of 2 Timothy, he, speaking of Jesus Christ, he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Amen. Christian, let me put your mind at ease. 
If Paul believed that whatever he gave the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ could take care of it, you can trust him too. I can trust him too. If I had nothing else other than the testimony of those two men, even if I had none of the other scripture that is so solid and so secure about this matter of eternal security, I could trust that. I won't ask you to turn for sake of time, but Peter, we talked about Peter this morning. Peter the water walker. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, who are kept by the power of God. Peter who denied the Lord. Peter who walked away and said, I go efficient. I don't blankety blank know that blankety blank man as he swore. Didn't just deny, he swore three times. And then he said, I'm done with this. But I praise God. Peter had the peace to know that he was kept by the power of God, not the power of his flesh. Not the power of his religion. Not the power of his works. He was kept by the power of God. And can I tell you, if you were kept by any other power, you would not be kept. But I'm kept by his power. Jude, brother of Christ. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I fell a few months ago. And I got it on video. So I fell on our front stairs. Can I tell you if the Lord had wanted to, he could have kept me from falling down those stairs, but he didn't. But can I tell you one thing the Lord is going to keep me from falling from? Not the stairs. But he will keep me from falling from him. I'm secure in him. I'm solid in him. I'm no question about it. I want you to turn lastly to John chapter 10. Some wonderful men that we could interview in Scripture. We could read what God gave them the pen. And understand tonight that all of this book, the Bible, the Word of God, is all God's words. Amen. This is not the Word of man, the Word of God. I, I have, uh, and I've had many Bibles over the years where the words of Christ are in red. And I'm not opposed to those Bibles at all. But I'm afraid sometimes we look at the words of Christ in red and think, oh, this is, this is the word of God. This is what God said. Understand all of it is what God Amen. said. Amen. But just, just for argument's sake tonight, I want you to look at John 10. I ask you a question tonight. If you have a, a Bible with the words of Christ in red, are those words red? They are. They are. Why? Because this is Jesus speaking. Jesus, the Son of God, who became flesh and dwelt amongst us, who spent 33 and a half years before he went to the cross and died for you, we find him not long before he goes to the cross speaking these words. They shall never perish. Can I tell you, you can trust Jesus. Amen. Don't trust this preacher. Don't trust a church. Don't trust a religion. Don't trust some great orator or some great expositor of Scripture. But you better trust the Word of God. And God says they shall never perish. I read for you two verses and we'll close tonight. 
Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. I encourage you to write them down. I encourage you to highlight these verses, to run to these verses, to be reminded of these verses, maybe to memorize these verses. Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I got some news for you tonight, Christian. You can't lose it. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. So, Pastor, but what if nothing can separate you from but Pastor, what if I commit this really bad? Nothing can separate you. Nothing. Nothing. What if I have a really bad thought? Nothing can separate you. Nothing. So the answer tonight, can a Christian lose their salvation? Absolutely not. But that doesn't change the fact that if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, that if you die in your sin, you'll still wake in a place called hell. You see, having the security of knowing that salvation is eternal is a wonderful thing if you have salvation. But there's only one way to receive it. That's through faith. It's through believing. Not through works. Not through any act of religion but only through trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know him tonight, can I beg you, would you trust him? And can I encourage you, Christian, that you can stand secure and firm, your feet plant, firmly planted on the word of God, knowing that his life he gave you is eternal and you can never lose it. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, how powerful your truth. Lord, all we did tonight was take a bit of a walk around the scriptures. Lord, just a bit of a, a Sunday evening drive through some wonderful truths to be encouraged, to be reminded, Lord, that our salvation is an eternal salvation. Lord, I pray that we would rest securely on that as believers. Lord, I pray if there's one here that knows you not as Savior, I pray tonight. Lord, that they would trust you, believing, receiving that which is eternal, that which they can never lose. Lord, would you work in hearts. Lord, would you help us to just to trust you more. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Brother Colton, if you want to come and lead us in a song of invitation. We'll sing number 301 as we stand. Only trust him, number 301.
us is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in him without delay, and you are fully blessed. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Lord, for that day when as a young boy, I called upon you as my Savior. Lord, I thank you that I'm just as saved today as I was the moment that I believed. I thank you that that eternal life that you gave me has no expiration date. I'm thankful that it's based upon you and not based upon me. I'm thankful, Lord, tonight that you've given us scripture after scripture after scripture. Lord, that we can stand on to understand, to believe, to have faith. Lord, to rest in you. Lord, we worship you tonight. We praise you for that. Lord, as we leave this place, would you help us to take that no-so salvation that we have and share it with the lost world? Help us to share it with somebody this week that's hurting, somebody that doesn't know you, somebody that needs to know the message of the gospel. Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen.